I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to One Off Delivered Through the Air podcast channel. As ever, I'm your host, Guy Drinkle, and joining me for a pod that we actually promised about a week ago, probably a bit longer. We promised it'd be the next one, and we almost kept it to the week. Um, it's going to be Carl's gaming history, but uh, as ever, we do go for the news. But firstly, how are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. Just just a bit bored with the lack of football or anything related to football. How about yourself? Yeah, after after Sunday, all the sports gone away now. Like I don't like cricket anyway, but that was mad. Wimbledon was mad. We had Bradford, <laughs> which was which was yeah. a bad game. Uh, but I mean, the, the America tour starts next weekend, I suppose. So it start becoming almost competitive football. Probably still not, but yeah, it it should get more interesting at the weekend. But yeah, there's there's no happening football wise for Liverpool. So my schedule was free, Carl's schedule was free. Why not why not just cram in a one up that we actually promised? Um but as I said, Carl, we'll start with the news. It's probably gonna be our least news heavy show ever uh, news story heavy show ever. Um We've only got the one. It's about the big news from Nintendo, which has kind of split people. But yeah, why, why don't you take us through the Nintendo Lite, or Switch Lite, I should say. Yeah, so Nintendo announces portable-only Switch Lite arriving September, and this comes from Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. And Emma writes, following earlier reports that two new Switch models were on the way, Nintendo has finally confirmed one of those, the new portable-only Nintendo Switch Lite. According to Nintendo, the Switch Lite is a, quote, compact, lightweight console that's dedicated to handheld play, end quote. By dropping the original model's detachable Joy-Cons in favor of integrated controls, which notably swaps the standard Switch's left-hand buttons for a proper D-pad. The new offering is both slimmer, lighter, and features slightly better battery life. 
It's due to arrive in stores on 20th September and will cost 199.99 US dollars, which is around 159 pounds 76 pence, compared to the original's 299.99 US dollar price tag, which is around 239 pounds and 68 pence. So, what do you lose to get the price down to 199 dollars? Alongside the now ditched Joy Cons, the handheld only console drops support for TV and tabletop modes, meaning you don't get a kickstand or a Switch dock either. In terms of game compatibility, Nintendo states the Switch Lite can play all games in the Switch library that support handheld mode, but games without handheld support can still be played by connecting wireless compatible controllers, which will be sold separately. Further sacrifices include the lack of HD rumble and IOR motion camera, while the size of the console and its screen is also reduced. The regular switch is 102mm high and 239mm long, while the light version is 91.1mm high by 208mm long. The touchscreen, meanwhile, is 5.5 inches compared to the original 6.2 inches, and the slimmer size means the weight drops from 297 grams, 398 grams of controllers attached, to 275 grams. Lastly, Switch Lite's battery life is also marginally better than the original version, with the specs promising approximately 3 to 7 hours of play instead of 2.5 to 6.5 hours. Most importantly of all, however, it comes in three snazzy standard colors, yellow, gray, and turquoise. Or if you don't fancy any of those, Nintendo of America has revealed a special light gray Pokemon version, which will be available from 8 of November. Sadly, the special edition will not include a copy of Pokemon Sword or Shield, either bundled or preloaded. And you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. So what's what's your kind of hot take on, on this guy? just makes sense doesn't it really <laughs> um i think me and you probably both agree on this i think nintendo switch it can't really compete with playstation as a console console and probably the same with xbox obviously nintendo's got its own rabid fan base etc but nintendo's whole well probably since, since the game i'm not sure what year it was it must have been the 90s since the 90s, they've just owned handheld gaming. I know the PSP and the Vita and stuff like that, but it was still, you still had, they had probably, I imagine the DS was outselling the PSP, etc. So they've always owned handheld gaming. Like the emergence of mobiles not really affected it. As I mentioned, the PlayStation couldn't break that market, uh, or they could, but they couldn't topple Nintendo in that market. Um, it just, I think it just makes sense. I mean, if the, if this model was out when I was buying mine, I probably would have got this one. Because I, well, for just from my own personal experiences, I've only really, I've only really used the Switch on the TV, probably out of boredom more than anything. Because the Switch for me, I've not used it too much, um, but I, I've used it in handheld when say someone's watching tv or in the same room as me well the only time i've used it on the tv is when, probably when i was like i've got civ 6 i've played it on a laptop i wonder what it looks like on my tv and it's big and it's just civilization but yeah it just it i i just think it makes complete sense and i probably would have got this one i'm obviously not going to get rid of my 
big one to get this one. But yeah, I think it. I, I'm surprised this didn't really come out sooner. Really, it can't. It couldn't be that hard to make it make a model. But I suppose improving the battery life whilst making it its own separate entity makes sense. I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I I don't see the problem with it really. Yeah, I mean, I I I certainly would echo what you've said in that in that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I recall earlier in the year that when these rumors started to to break about two new Switch models, Nintendo actually played it down and said they they had nothing to to announce anytime soon and said they wouldn't be announcing any new hardware rash at E3, and that kind of surprised me because I thought really getting a portable Switch at the very least, I. I not so much the the pro or the the kind of specced up model, but the handheld model to get it out alongside Pokemon, like the first core Pokemon games mm. for the Switch, made a lot of sense. So I thought if they weren't announcing it at E3, when I mean I, I was starting to 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 kind of wonder if possibly it wasn't coming out this year, uh, which you know frankly would be crazy. Um, so when I kind of one day just seen um on twitter that they had announced this i thought well that makes a lot of sense um because it's it's a no-brainer really to to get a handheld switch out there especially in the the hands of of the younger audience that, that primarily play it in handheld mode i mean it's interesting you suggesting that you'd have probably opted for the handheld mode or handheld model had that been an option for you when you purchased your switch now, I'm not so sure myself, because although I'll admit I primarily have played it in handheld mode, there have been occasions with, with Smash and that where I've had friends and, you know, obviously we play on the TV, so obviously you're going to lose that that functionality if you don't have uh, the, the dock. Um, so I, I think I probably still would have would have opted for, for the, the regular version, but I, I think there certainly would have been a, a decision to be made there. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it is a case that, that you spend a lot of the time on the Switch uh, with it in handheld. I mean, I can understand why it didn't come out with the handheld mo- model from the offset. I, I think for, for two reasons. Firstly, they were they wanted to focus on the whole gimmick of the Switch, the whole fact that it switches, that it can switch from TV to handheld. So I think to, to give an option that wasn't that would, would have taken away from that somewhat. And then obviously as well, the 3DS was still going quite strong at the time the Switch launched. You know, we're, we're talking yeah. over two years ago now. So, I mean, it, it makes complete sense that they, they stuck with the 3DS at the time. Um, but, but now I think the time is right with Pokemon on, on the horizon. And, and furthermore, obviously, you're going to have Animal Crossing in in the spring and i think that's another game that lends itself well to, to being handheld obviously the last core animal crossing game was a 3ds title so a lot of the fans of that group are, are that that title are going to have been used to playing it handheld so this is going to be a natural fit for them i, I could see if there's some kind of people that primarily i mean and i know of nintendo fans that would largely play animal crossing and pokemon and if they were held, like if, if Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee weren't enough to, to bring them across from their 3DSs, I think this now will be with, alongside a core Pokemon game and, of, of course, Animal Crossing. I think it will be a no-brainer. It, it is strange that there's no Nintendo bundle involving uh, 
the Pokemon Sword and Shield with the the, the Switch Lite. Um, but I'm sure I'd be very surprised if um, the retailers don't take the initiative to create a bundle of their own, which which will will feature the the console and the the game. Because I mean, it, it would be an easy sell, to be honest. Yeah, that, that is quite strange. You know, I almost got like I think I almost got the Eevee edition of my Switch, and then I ended up just getting the red and blue one, like a normal person. But yeah, it's just. Um, the fact that they've got they've made a Pokemon themed one, but not part, uh, partnered it with the game, it's just kind of or paired it with the game, I should say. It's just it just seems a bit strange. But yeah, I, I imagine um, game Amazon etc will uh, will uh, do their own bundles as you mentioned. And yeah, it's it's just a strange one. It is a strange one. But yeah, I think you I think you've nailed it there with Pokemon and Animal Crossing too. Well, Pokemon must be the biggest handheld gaming franchise ever. <laughs> and Animal Crossing, as we mentioned on our E3 review, um, that's got its own niche audience, and quite big niche audience, and that if they're experienced of that in handheld, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's still going to translate well to that. So yeah, fair, fair game. Um, but we did, we did, did anything you want to add, Carl, before we get onto the topic? Yeah, just just one thing. Um, I just kind of wanted. It was interesting your take on it as well. That the battery life. I mean, the the fact they only seem to be squeezed an extra half hour out of the battery. I mean, is that disappointing at all to you? I mean, I I I would have been expecting. I'm not going to lie. Maybe at least two hours extra battery life. Um, yeah, half an hour is bugger all, isn't it? Really. Um, the the only time I've took. Or not took, but the only time I've used my Switch on the go type thing, I went from the northeast, uh, where I live obviously, to my mate's house, which is like on the outskirts of Hull. It was about three hours ish. And it, it, the not, I just have the normal Switch, as I mentioned. The battery life was a bit crap for that. Like, I think I was only playing like Crash Bandicoot. And I think I put on like um, Stardew Valley for a little bit, but it wouldn't last that long. And to add an extra half an hour on a con on what will be just a handheld console, it doesn't really make sense. Because I know it, I know it's difficult to compare. But when I had my DS, the battery lasted on ages on that Game Boy Advance that I've got. I know it was just double D batteries, but it still lasted quite long unless you had the light attachment on when it would just destroy your whole life <laughs> um it it, it, it yeah it, it is quite um, disappointing but obviously the better the more advanced the console is the maybe battery technology hasn't caught up to the um graphical put needed performance or technological performance that's needed so maybe maybe battery um technology just not caught up to the rest of the gaming industry i suppose but i think that's the difficulty of it when you've when you're trying to get a big ass handheld console because the, the things the other ones we've mentioned in terms of the ds even the psp that they're, they're tiny in comparison i suppose to to both um versions of the switch so but half an hour it just seems stupid i mean you could just just whack a just whack some double d's in there somewhere and you'll get a couple hours at least uh X, xbox and all that i've got fucking loads of them <laughs> You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, no, it is. I suppose, as as you said, it, it may just be basically the limitations of the, the technology really I mean, there, there may not be that much further they can take the batteries which is a shame because if, if they could have gotten a couple extra hours there it would have made a massive difference in, in terms of handheld play pull your finger out Duracell yeah uh, yeah but I think that's all we can really talk about on the Switch and it'll be interesting to see how well that does because it, it might make um, Nintendo invest in batteries because i think that's the biggest criticism it really is the battery life um but yeah carl that is the news there is no other big news story um that's broken in the week which is well it's the summer lull what what it's not really to expect is it's the gap between e3 gamescom and um Comic Con or San Diego, San Diego Comic Con, which is still more entertainment stuff than gaming stuff, but uh, we might respond to stuff if if anything comes out with uh, that affects gaming and stuff. But Carl, the reason we're here, we did mine last week. It's yours this week. Um, gaming history. So, I just to walk people through if they've not listened to my half. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to start with first console what did through the generations of consoles and stuff like that favorite games any funny stories any important games i mean or anything like that and then the state the state of um current situation if you've got the xbox one switch whatever and and just general storytelling i suppose so carl first console the best place to start what what did you have what team were you on um, well, it's actually a, a, a difficult one for me to answer, to be honest. I, I suppose there's really two, um, and even more so, four answers. Um, now, the reason for that is, you see, I'm the youngest of three boys, and my elder elder brothers are six and eight years older than me, respectively. So, obviously, gaming had been introduced to my house before I even came to be. And when I became kind of cognizant of kind of 
the things around me. By that point, my brothers already had three systems, those being a Commodore 64, a Nintendo Entertainment System, and a Sega Mega Drive. Now, apparently, my, my initial encounters with games involved me pulling the tape out of my brother's uh, um, Commodore 64 games, um, something that would horrify kind of older me, but as a kid, a baby, I suppose, I, I didn't know any better. Um, but a, as a result of that, obviously, my initial kind of early memories of gaming were watching my brothers play games. I, I remember watching my brothers play uh, Mario's, three on the nintendo i remember them playing kind of commodore 64 games like flimbo's quest and boogie boy uh, which i'm sure some of our, our older listeners might might be familiar with um in terms of playing games then i think kind of maybe when i was three and a half four my the brother that was closest to my age that he would allow me to play with him when my older brother wasn't around um so i remember but I think that the earliest game I remember playing was Bubble Bobble on the C64. Um, I'm sure, uh, again, a lot of people would have played co-op on that back in the day. It was one of kind of the early popular co-op titles. And then kind of from there, it just kind of spun off with kind of playing Sonic 2 with me, of course, having to play Tails, uh, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, that kind of thing. Um, now, obviously... My parents noticed, obviously, that I quite enjoyed gaming, but at the same time, they noticed that my brothers, particularly my eldest brother, didn't like me playing with their systems. So in order to resolve that, for my fifth birthday, my parents got me a Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And I remember it well, it was the Super Mario All-Stars bundle, came bundled with that, and then also the store obviously included Earthworm Jim and Tiny Toons Olympics as well um and then i think shortly afterwards my cousin gave me his copy of killer instinct uh which was because he had gotten rid of his super nintendo but hadn't bothered getting rid of that game um so i would spend countless hours playing those those four games i think they're the only games i actually owned for my super nintendo i never got another game for my super nintendo um but i would rent games i remember every weekend i'd rent games i rented the likes of super mario world super mario world 2 yoshi's island there was like a smurfs game uh, among countless other titles um but i'd say uh, my the game i probably spent the most time with was was probably super mario kart which went on to be one of my favorite games as we we discussed previously when we did our favorite games podcast that was a, a game i borrowed off a friend and i think i had it borrowed for about 3 years until i gave it back to them i mean i, I could play mario kart non-stop i was just obsessed with just getting better and better getting better times getting which is strange because i i've never really been a racing game fan I, I don't know if there's any genre that you have like that where you you kind of just like one particular series and you're not really into anything else oh that's a good question um i do like a racing game oh it's weird like strategy games are not my favorite but i've played like hogs of war <laughs> stuff like that yeah um yeah it's it's a strange maybe horror i mean resident evil but yeah that kind of got more actiony as i played it with like five and stuff like that but i know i don't really mention it but resident evil nemesis is probably the 
most horror-y one I've played, and I, I like that. But I've, n I've never really played Outlast or, or any stuff like that, so that's, prob that's probably the closest thing, I suppose. Yeah, um, it's 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 funny when it, it happens, but I suppose just certain games or, or certain series can can kind of catch you on. Um, but to be honest, to say which side I was on, it's difficult to say. Obviously, I have such a soft spot for the Super Nintendo because it was my first personal console. But at the same time, I also grew up with a a Mega Drive, and although my time spent with my brother's initial Mega Drive was somewhat limited. Um, shortly afterwards, like a, a year or two later, um, we, when we moved house, a neighbor of ours gave us his Sega Mega Drive kind of as a long-term loan, and he had like a mountain of games, and I would have gotten a lot more of a chance to play that Mega Drive and play obviously all the games that were there. So, you know, I, I really love both consoles to be honest i hate to be a fence sitter but i honestly <laughs> when it comes to the snares and the mega drive i was i was very much split down the middle i mean i think they both have like amazing games i love i love super mario world but i also love sonic 2 so it, it, it is it, it's difficult for me to to pick one or the other um now the reason probably why i never got many more titles from my SNES we, was because it was very short term that that was my primary console um, because my brother, uh, when the PlayStation 1 launched, he decided he wanted a PlayStation 1. He sold off the Mega Drive and the Commodore. I think he'd, he'd sold off the NES previous to that. Um, and he got a PlayStation 1, which came with a number of games. I don't know how actually he, he afforded to get so many games with it because they were expensive at the time, PlayStation 1s. And this was only a few months after the launch. But I remember he got like Alien Trilogy, um, Actual Soccer. There was another football game. I don't think it was FIFA, but I can't recall what it was. Um, might have been one of the early ISSs. I'm not, not too sure. Uh, there was Pandemonium, and I think there was a racing game as well, but I can't remember what it was. But you know, the PlayStation One just seemed on another level to these other games. I mean, I remember playing Pandemonium. That was the only game I really played personally because it, it appealed to me as being a platformer. But I watched my brother play through the entirety of Alien Trilogy probably at five years of age shouldn't be watching someone play the entirety <laughs> of Alien Trilogy. But nonetheless, I did. And it didn't actually give me nightmares, which is strange because give it a two, three years later, if I played a horror game, I would be literally shitting it. I, you know, I may as well jump ahead while on the topic because it, it is my history. I remember once you brought up Resident Evil. I remember being over in my cousins as I had two cousins that were uh, both of them were, were two or three years older than me each. And the two of them were very kind of close when I was younger. Um, but they, they were also kind of the nearest to my age. And I remember them two playing Resident Evil when I was over Resident Evil 2 while I was over with them once. And I was horrified. I was like, I think they're like one of the liquors and it dropped down <laughs> from the ceiling and I ran out of the room. I was that horrified. Like, so, yeah, it's funny how things could change in a couple of years. I guess maybe at five, I just wasn't aware enough of what was going on to be be afraid of it. But I, I remember watching that. Um, but then strangely, my brother quickly lost interest in console gaming. He traded in all his games except Alien Trilogy, which he'd lent to my cousin 
same cousin, coincidentally, that, that I played Resident Evil 2 with. And he then got a Star Wars game. It was one of the earliest Star Wars games. I think it was one of the X-Wing games, or maybe it was Dark Forces. But it was one of the first Star Wars games to come out in the PS1. Um, and he played that for a couple of days. He then sold that it off. And then he was basically left with a PlayStation with no games. And the only time that PlayStation would be used would be when my other brother would rent a football game to play with my cousin every few weekends. So it was literally not being used. And, you know, I I think maybe it was when I was six or seven, my brother just gave the PlayStation 1 to me and and decided that that may as well go to use. So that Christmas I got... um, Spyro, uh, which was my first personal oh, yes. PlayStation 1 game. Now, I don't know if it was the same Christmas or maybe my birthday before that. I think it would have been my birthday before that I actually got a, my first handheld, uh, which was a Game Boy Pocket, which came with Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2, and Tetris. And, you know, I just kind of complete super mario land one and two over and over and over again but they were the only re- the real games i had until pokemon um which i believe came the christmas after i got spyro um so i got spyro loved spyro spyro was was my jam i just play it for hours and hours i, I mean i i because it was the only game i had for for a good while I, I put crazy amount of time into that game um now i did buy another game after christmas which I believe was Small Soldiers, which, because I loved the movie at the time, oh, I had yeah. like an Archer figure. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a terrible game. <laughs> like the single player was awful, like you expect from licensed games in the PS1. But I remember the multiplayer being fun. Like I'd, I'd play with my brother, or like friends and my brother and stuff. And the, the multiplayer was cool. Um, it was just kind of like a death match type thing. And that, that was a load of fun. Um but they were kind of my early games and kind of then over the years with the, the PS1 was my primary console. I, you know, back then I didn't really have a clue um, kind of what games were good or what games weren't good. So, you know, I'm sure you knew yourself, you'd pick up a lot of bad games. Oh, yeah. Like I remember, uh, and often as well, what would, you know, certain games, the odd time I'd I'd kind of have in my mind that I wanted and I'd ask for them for Christmas or birthday. But then there'd be other times where then I'd get vouchers or money off relatives or whatever. And you'd go out and try and buy a game. And then you'd be like, what will I get? What will I get? And sometimes you'd even make the mistake of, of kind of getting the, the, the your parents being like, oh, look at this game. And just, just picking that game and it ended up being terrible. Like, for example, I remember I got Army Men, Sarge's Heroes. Oh, my God. I remember that game. Which is... <laughs> absolutely horrendous i remember playing it with my friend and him being like what is this game like it's so bad um but i I picked up some other games like uh, around kind of the time i got the ps1 my brother got into pc gaming and he used to borrow things like command and conquer age of empires um other strategy games i remember there was a um a star trek strategy game that he had which i can't think of the the name offhand but it was awesome I absolutely adored it. So I started to get into strategy games. So I remember, for example, for my um, for my PS1, I picked up kind of some strategy games that um, 
I had played on PC, not knowing that they're far worse on PlayStation, but I picked up like Red Alert and uh, Theme Park. Mm. So, and I'd, I'd still play them and, and enjoy them, but they just weren't the same on, on PS1. Um, obviously, again, around this time, kind of jumping back and forth, but it's, it's, it's on the time scale. I, I would have kind of gotten Pokemon finally for my, for my Game Boy and Pokemon was just, mind blowing and you know we've we've talked about pokemon so, so many times here but i i just i loved pokemon like i just i remember getting pokemon on christmas morning playing pokemon stopping playing pokemon to watch pokemon and then go back to playing pokemon that was just that was like just just an awesome christmas just that that one game was just amazing um you know and and that would be my Game Boy time for, for the next few years would just be Pokemon games. Like, I remember I got a, a, a Game Boy Color the following Christmas uh, to replace my Game Boy Pocket, but I never really got any Game Boy Color games. I think at the time I had the Game Boy Color, I only ever had one game, I think, which is a Game Boy Color game, which was an X-Men game that came, that my, uh, I got with my Game Boy Color. It was like an X-Men beat-em-up. It was okay. I loved X-Men at the time. I enjoyed beat-em-ups. Like, it was all right, but... Again, it was it was largely just for playing Pokemon, you know, Pokemon Red, Pokemon Yellow, which I got for my following birthday when it came out. Um, at a later point, Pokemon Silver. I played through the entirety of Pokemon Silver in Japanese because a friend of mine got it early while visiting family in Taiwan. So I was like, I have to play this game now. And I completed it without knowing what was going on <laughs> half the time. Like I just loved Pokemon so much. And that was really what my Game Boy time was all about. Um, but again, with the with the PS One, like it was, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on it. But at the same time, I never owned that many games. I remember one pickup though, actually, that you know was bizarrely a, a, was a game my mom just picked up and was like, "Oh, what about this game?" It looked because it looked like cute characters on the front of the cover, and that turned out to be a game called Guardians Crusade, which was the first Japanese RPG I ever played which would go on to probably be my favorite genre you know in future years i'd be obsessed with final fantasy and Sukaden and breath of fire and all those kind of games and that was my actual first and it was it was a complete fluke that i picked it up um and on that note then i, I would have kind of when i was about nine i would have met a, a friend of mine who remains like my best friend to this day and he he just moved over here from england and he had like a chipped PS1. I'm not sure if you, you're you're familiar with with chipped oh. PlayStation ones. Oh, we whilst we're there, we have to talk about Blockbuster and other game rental places. Just what what a bunch of heroes they were back in the day. Yeah, I mean, game game rentals is was was massive. As I said early in my Super Nintendo days early on, you know, it it was all about. The, the, the rentals that was every weekend I got a different game to try and that's how I got to try so much of the Super Nintendo library and then later on PS1 again because I had such a like I'd only get maybe one or two maybe three max new games a year so that would be largely filled with with, uh, with, with game rentals I mean that, that's what you did you you know you go stay sleepovers as a friend you'd, you'd rent games I mean that that was that was the culture I mean people, people kids nowadays just 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 don't know i mean kind of towards the end my, my brothers actually worked in our local game store so i had the benefit that uh, i'd get to get games rented for free not that they had much of a selection being like kind of a mom and pop 
video game rentals. I mean, what, what was your kind of your experiences with, with rentals? Just, we used to go to Blockbuster. It was like the next town over. Um, also had a uh, chipped. Uh, well, I think we had chipped every bloody console <laughs> um, back in the day. Original Xbox, PS One, PS Two. Um, it just. I don't know why this game's sticking in my head, but it was like a... Was it Looney Tunes or was it... No, no, it was Donald Duck rather than Daffy Duck. It was a Disney game. Can't remember the game at all. I remember it pissed me off, but I don't know why, but that's stuck in my memory now. (laughs) um, I had boxes of copied games. Um, Ah, so you'd rent them and then copy them. Maybe. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually like my. I know again. I'd never heard of chip consoles. They weren't as common over here. But my friend had like he had a mountain of games. Like I remember he had a friend, like a family friend over in England that would literally like give them like this kind of cheat list of like games he could get and then they'd pay pay five pound a game but later on they figured they could just copy games so he i remember actually one game he rented from our local store and then copied it it was an rpg um so i remember that well but i mean like him having like he had literally at least 200 ps1 games maybe more largely chipped now the drawback of that is i didn't have a chip ps1 game so i couldn't borrow these games he did have a handful of legit games that i could borrow off him and i did borrow a few but with these unfortunately i couldn't borrow so i'd have to wait to his house to go to his house to play them but you know i i did get that opportunity so that's that's when i first got to play like final fantasy 7 uh Sukaden 1 and 2 grandia like all these jrpgs largely was, was what we would play and i was just mind blown i mean he also had like a quite a large pc game collection because his dad was a pc gamer so loads of strategy games i mean like it was like it was just destiny that i would make friends with this guy because like all the genres i loved he loved and he just had a lot more games than i did at the time so like that was i just i literally spent summers at like most of my summer i'd be at his house playing like games with him um and that 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 suited me fine. So it it didn't really matter that I I didn't have a large selection of PS One games myself because I got to play so much of the library at his house. Um. Now obviously, PS One eventually came to an end. Moved to PS Two, and I remember PS Two well. Um, because I remember in the run up to Christmas that year. Now it wasn't the year the PS One PS Two launched. It was the year after. But in the run-up to Christmas, I remember a friend of mine who lived around the corner from me, she was getting a PS2 for Christmas, and her mom even allowed her to play it early to test it because her mom was a bit naive. <laughs> it's strange to say that about an adult, but she was. <laughs> um, so she she got her PS2. She knew she was getting it. I asked my parents for a PS2, and my mom was like, "Oh no, those those machines are way too too expensive. You'll get something else. You got like a surprise." Because I couldn't think of anything else, and I I was disappointed at the time. But then Christmas Day, I opened up my presents, and there's a PS2 with SmackDown. Just bring it, and I was just mind blown. I mean, I was just like, "Wow!" Like my brother worked in um electronic boutique at the time which obviously was the the foregoer to game here was i don't know was it the same in the uk was it electronics boutique oh, before his game first 
obviously I'm a smidge younger than you. My my first one was Game and Chips. That was in the town. Um, I live in Mask. Anyone who's anyone who's familiar with the northeast, I live in Mask. The like shop place is Red Car, which is like ten minutes away in the car, if that. Probably not like five minutes in the car. So yeah, I, I had Game and Chips. I'm not sure. Did you have chips over there? Or was that an English thing? I'd say it was an English thing. Yeah, we so we yeah, didn't that have might be, that. Might be that then. I mean, here, I remember kind of a lot of kind of independent stores when I was yeah. quite young. I can't remember the name of any of them, but I remember being in them. Um, I, I've come across kind of the receipts for them, funny enough, over the years, buying secondhand games, like older PS1 games. So if you, some people kept the receipt in the front of the case. And mm. you're like, oh, my God, that, that was store was on this street before electronics boutique or game came in and took over the store, obviously. Um, so I think largely what happened was we had kind of a number of independent stores electronics boutique came over here bought them all up turned them all into electronics boutique which eventually obviously became game and then somewhere down the line game stop came over as like kind of a competitor to game um but initially we were we were kind of we didn't really have chain stores here um, but uh, my brother worked in electronics boutique and I gather kind of he was the one who'd, who'd kind of um, organized getting the, the PS2 and that kind of thing. Um, just as he had previously with, with my uh, Game Boy Color, I remember. Um, but uh, it's a shock of the century getting a, a PlayStation 2. I, I think it also had, to the, I remember my mom saying at the time that it was kind of like, I'd, that was the first year that I didn't believe in Santa Claus. Because like the year before, <laughs> my presence had been ruined by a damaged presence. So uh, I think she just kind of wanted to make up for the lack of the the magic of the big the big red man. So uh, I got a PS2. Uh, I wasn't complaining. I remember like playing for hours with my my older brothers playing SmackDown. Um, which because because at the time I was obsessed with wrestling. I mean, I think SmackDown know your role and the original now i never owned the original smackdown but i did play it a lot of the cousins and then my brother picked up know your role and i i played that religiously so this was just awesome and i remember then going out after uh again the old christmas money and picking up two games i picked up summoner which was a jrpg and there was like a, an action RPG, like it was like a one of the might of magic games i don't know exactly what title but i didn't like the might a magic game and then summoner was just hard as balls so i ended up returning both of those games good old electronics boutique oh yes kind of 10 day rentals swap them both and ended up getting again the buying a strategy game for a console i picked up age of empires 2 oh. for the ps2 which was so hard to play oh. on ps2 i mean i played a lot of it but it was, it was so hard to play and then just over the years, I think with the, the PS2 is kind of the first console where, you know, I would have, especially kind of a couple of years in when I was 13, 14, you know, my, my dad used to give me money every week because um, he had a, a, a decent job at the time. And I used to just go and buy games. I, I used to raid the pre-owned bins. And that was the first time I kind of worked up a collection. I picked up a lot of the RPGs I liked. I used to get all the, the Tony Hawk's games and uh, kind of the series I liked. I mean, that that's another kind of one of my main PS2 memories as I remember. Just two two PS2 members. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on one. 
would be I remember a random September going shopping with my mom and she was like, you can get a game. I didn't expect to get a game. It wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. It was, in fact, jammed right between the two. And I ended up negotiating my way to two games, one of which was <laughs> awful, which was a Men in Black game. Oh, Again, one of those licensed yes. games. I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. I mean, we're, we're seeing that trend here, buying licensed games and then also without thinking and then also buying strategy games for consoles like I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment but i got that but then the other game was also a licensed game but it was a great licensed game which was the spider-man original motion picture game like the the tie-in for the first sam raimi that is chalk and cheese <laughs> yeah exactly had one of the worst licensed games for ps2 and one of the best and spider-man was just out of this world uh, like i i it was just amazing like i i mind blown like i think i'd played i played the uh, like uh, i was a massive spider-man fan and uh, we have touched on that obviously in the past when we talked about like the, the spider-man game for ps4 and that I loved Spider-Man and I'd never really gotten that experience with a game. I'd played like, um, I think I played the Spider-Man game back on the Genesis or the Genesis, you know, my American Mega Drive. Uh, and obviously I'd played the Neversoft Spider-Man game on the PS1. I'd borrowed that off a friend and it was fun. But, you know, and th that was a very good game, don't get me wrong. But this was next level. I mean, this was being Spider-Man, swinging around a city, you know, being able to, to fight like Spider-Man. This was mind-blowing. This was probably one of my favorite games up until this point. And I, I just played this game non-stop. And so that, that's, that's a, a fond memory from the PS2. And, and the other one would be... Again, the post-Christmas sales, picking up games. I picked up a, a number of games, but one particular game I picked up was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Oh, yes. Which wasn't the first Tony Hawk's I'd played. I'd, uh, a couple of my friends owned Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, but this was the first one I owned. Picked it up again. I, I, think, I think for a good month, no other game went into my console. I mean, all I played with Tony Hawk's. And I, I rose up, I actually managed to get better at the game than any of my friends that actually skateboarded. I mean, I still couldn't do anything on an actual skateboard, but I could beat these skaters at their own <laughs> game on the PlayStation. So that, that's all that matters. I mean, I loved, loved that game. I and mean, there, there's nothing really more I, I could, could say to that. I mean... um. To kind of, I, I didn't actually you know, jump it back and forth there. I didn't really touch a kind of other consoles. Obviously, you know, oftentimes I could only have kind of one console a generation, as most people could. You, I'm sure you were in the same boat because mm -hmm. they were expensive. But I do remember with the um, previous generation playing the uh, the N64 friends' houses and, and my cousin's house, getting to play the the rest, the famous wrestling games, No Mercy and WrestleMania for. N64, uh, Mario Kart 64, which is actually my least favorite Mario Kart game. I know that's controversial. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing, um, Zelda, Mario 64. I mean, amazing games. I always wanted an N64 at the time, but I just, you know, I, I knew I had a PS1 and I just, I couldn't expect to have both. Um, but then on the PS2 era, I think GameCube and, and uh, the original Xbox, obviously you were an original Xbox man as as uh you kind oh, of yes. went through on your your episode um my experience with the original xbox i didn't actually play it until my friend again the, the same the, the best friend we talked about previously he went on holidays back to, to sheffield to visit family 
friends at one point and he came back with an Xbox. He'd gone to their house, he'd played Halo, he loved Halo, he had to get an Xbox. So he went and got himself an Xbox, which came with like Halo, Elder Scrolls, Morrowind, Rainbow Six Three, and one or two racing games, I think. But largely we just played Halo, just just playing sniper matches on blood gold and playing the campaign and like we loved halo um i also i I do remember us messing around on morrowind which was like our first experience with elder scrolls and i just remember like finding morrowind impossible (laughs) i I think like we ran up to some woman and hit her with our sword and then she started shooting lightning at us and then all the guards started chasing us and then we died and that was kind of the end because it took about 10 minutes to load that game again and we weren't waiting 10 minutes (laughs) oh it was crazy you get spoon fed everything in rpgs now morrowind is like ah it's just just go over there you'll fucking see it (laughs) then you walk into oblivion it's like ah we'll we'll do you an entire path towards the quest morrowind was like you just gotta fight some twat in a temple that's like a million miles away. You'll find it. I see you. And then you go into a city and like, oh, okay. And then you just get battered. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's insane. Like even a rash could just 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 straight up murder. Exactly. I was just that game was insane. But uh, over time, then he picked up Fable. I had my own game oh, yeah. save on on oh, Fable yeah. in his house. I think I might have even finished it in his house eventually. Um, which was an amazing game. And then I I think I I touched on it when we were talking about your game history. When Halo Two came out, he'd ordered it off Amazon. And he texted me to say it had arrived. I was in an English exam, my second year English exam, end of the <laughs> year exam. I just left the exam and went, or not, not a Christmas exam, left the exam early. I think I still scraped a pass, but nonetheless, went to his house and just started playing Halo. I never left his house, went straight from school, played Halo 2, stayed over in his house. And I think we finished the campaign in like one sitting because that, that that's how we rolled. But that was because they were my xbox experiences meanwhile gamecube i picked up myself because obviously i had kind of passed history with the the nintendo i wanted to play mario kart double dash which went on to be you know one of my favorite games again a game i was just obsessed with again like the original mario kart i, I just played it non-stop got to the point where i was just i, I was amazing i'm not i'm not great at a lot of games but mario kart double dash was one where i i was at the kind of the height of, of abilities and could beat everyone that that of my friends that I played against, um, which I was always quite proud of. And uh, um, at the time, because real life doesn't matter then. It's just it's just having bragging rights on a video game. But, uh, I mean, we'd play a lot of... The GameCube was primarily a multiplayer thing. We'd play like that, and um, there was like a Bomberman game that we, we quite liked, and uh, a few other games. Like a couple of my other friends had GameCubes as well. So, you know, we spent a lot of time playing playing multiplayer titles on the GameCube. And speaking of multiplayer, actually, that generation was also my first experience with online play. I mean, I didn't actually have the 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 ability to like set up for my PlayStation 2 to, to play online, but two of my friends did. They'd sent away for that disc that you needed. Um, but I'd often be at their houses, which gave me the chance to kind of play Tony Hawk's online, uh, to play um, Time Splitters, which was funny enough. We talked about rentals before. Time Splitters 1 was a big rental game for me and my friends. Um, so to get to play like Time Splitters 2 and 3 online was, was oh. amazing. 
Oh, just yes. they, they, they were my first experience with first person shooters and it, it was eye opening as well to go online like as I said I was probably the best if not maybe the second best of my friends at Tony Hawk's but online I was average like I was I was mid table I mean these kids online were gods <laughs> they were gods among men it was crazy but it was cool to, to finally get to play online. I think that kind of planted a seed really when it came to the next generation. Because, you know, moving on to the to the next generation, well, actually, I think something in between, you know, to, to jump back and forth to handhelds, um, I, I did have a Game Boy Advance SP. It was very short-lived. I was quite a late adapter of the, the, the Game Boy Advance. I had played a Game Boy Advance at my friend's house again, same friend, but I didn't have my own until quite late in the life cycle. But I, about two months after having it, I brought it in. It was in my school bag, and someone nicked it from my school bag. So that was great. What an absolute prick. I know. But it was took a my, teacher. T- took my Game Boy Advance and my copy of Final Fantasy 1 and 2, Dawn of Souls, that was that was kind of that was the end of my gameplay advance. If you listen yeah, to this, hated. you're a prick. <laughs> I know, I know. Fuck you. I, I mean, it was years, and that kind of put me off handheld gaming for for quite a while. And it was only it was maybe two or three years later, I picked up a PSP on launch, saved for months to get the PSP, and I don't know why I bothered. I mean, don't get me wrong. Long term, PSP turned out to be a great console with some great games, but early on, the games were terrible. There's no good games for that console. And because of that, like, I, I got a hand, I think, like, when I initially got the console and I couldn't afford any games. Don't know how my brain worked at the time that I thought that was a good idea, but got the console, no games. So I initially made do, but my brother got me the only PSP game that his video store got in, which was a Midnight Club 3 dub edition. You don't really buy a handheld to play a racing game. But true, I actually true. quite enjoyed this racing game. Midnight Club uh, was a good franchise. It needs to come back. Yeah, I mean, it, it played it played quite quite well on on the the PSP. I have to say, it was a great port. Um, and then my other brother picked me up two games while he was in America because the the PSP had been out a bit longer there, so the games had dropped a little bit. He picked me up um, Twisted Metal and Metal Gear Acid. And to be honest, neither game really caught my attention. Twisted Metal was kind of a boring game on your own. Metal Gear Acid just wasn't really for me, like a card stealth game. It was just kind of silly. Um, so I never really got into that. I mean, eventually I picked up kind of like the, the port of Breath of Fire 3, like the, the PS1 game. That that was good. But again, it was a game I'd kind of played before. I picked up Liberty City Stories, which I think was the first game I actually finished on the mm, PSP. Yeah, I remember that. And I picked up a handful of other players, but I never really got into the PSP. And eventually, I actually sold it off because I just, just didn't didn't give it enough time. Now, eventually, I rebought a PSP, and I have a lot more games now. A lot of games that came out after I'd sold mine, but at the at the time, it didn't, didn't really catch me. And it probably, in hindsight, wasn't a a good worth my while saving up. Um, <laughs> I've actually got a funny story about the PSP. My brother's just walked in. I'm sure you can remember this as well. When I broke your PSP the first day you got it, because Liverpool were losing to Luton in the FA Cup, and you were mouthing off to me. I bro- we started fighting, and I broke your PSP. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got because we were fighting. <laughs> I put my knee through his PSP. <laughs> You've reminded him now, guys. Gonna want you to go buy him a new PSP. Uh, 
Well, he got a new one. He got a better one because I think my mum bought a cheap shitty one for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. A, I remember that quite funny. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh. But yeah, those uh, those kind of stories are always good when you're breaking people. I, I've never, no one ever broke a console on me, but I've had people break. Well, someone stole one. That's been over, but I had people break controllers over the years. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that that just that's just that's just a, a drawback of gaming, I suppose. But um, you know, if, but moving on to the to the next gen, similar to saving up for the PSP, I was initially saving up for a PS3 because at the time, as I said, JRPGs were were my favorite genre. Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 13 Versus, which later became Final Fantasy 15, for for those that aren't familiar with it, were both supposed to be PS3 exclusives at the time so i was fully in camp ps3 but that all changed thanks to two things firstly it started to become clear that the ps3 was going to be a very expensive console when it eventually did come out uh, because at that time i would have spent a lot of time on gaming websites and that kind of thing so i was very up to speed on things and secondly one random day my brother said to me do you want to come to my friend's house with me to play Pro Evo on his Xbox. And I was like, but we have it on PS2. And he's like, yeah, no, but this is the Xbox 360. It's the next generation console. Ooh. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I've played an Xbox. I'd, I'd played an Xbox 360 at my cousin's house. I mean, my cousin, again, one of the cousins I discussed earlier, you know, he was a big gamer. He eventually actually lost interest in games but at the time you know he was in college studying development he was really into games i used to go over to his house to play things and he was the first person i knew who got an xbox 360 and i can remember playing perfect dark zero at his house but it didn't really set the world alight. it just seemed kind of like a like a golden eye kind of follow-up but it wasn't really golden eye you know it, it just didn't really capture me so i wasn't wowed by the the xbox 360 initially but nonetheless i didn't really have anything on so i went over to this this friend's house with my brother to play um pez played a few games of pez pez was always fun and then my brother's friend said oh i've got this game gears of war you should give oh, it a yeah. try and my brother was like oh, i'm not really into those kind of games but carl is and he was like, all right, God, do you want to try this? And I was like, oh, cool. Started playing Gears of War. I was just like, wow. Like, it literally, my friend, my brother's friend went to bed. He went to bed. I just stayed up most of the night on my own playing Gears of War, just playing online, playing a bit of the campaign. And I was just like, this game is insane. Like, I, I, I really can't remember too many other games that I played that I hadn't really, like I'd seen a couple of the ads on TV or that kind of thing, but it, it hadn't really wowed me. But playing it, it just, I don't know what it was, you know, just simply that it was a great game. It just caught me and I was just sold. And I remember going to my friend Matt, again, the, the friend I've been talking about all along, and I was just like, this game, Gears of War, amazing. We we have to get 360s. He was like, but I want to get a PS3. I was like, no, no, we have to get 360s. Look into this game. And obviously at the time he had YouTube and that he went, checked it out on YouTube, read some articles online. He was like, all right, I'll buy a 360. So he, I didn't have the money straight up to go buy one there. And then he did. So he went, picked up his 360 with Gears of War and Saints Row and a wrestling game and um, Pro Evo. 
And I was literally waiting in his driveway for him and his mom to get back with the 360. <laughs> like, there's me, I think I was, I would have been 16 at the time, going on 17, just standing in his, his driveway. Him and his mom pull up, comes in with the console, rush into his house, set it up, power on Gears of War, play through the campaign. And then when we finished playing through the campaign, straight online, it's like five o'clock in the morning, who cares? Straight online. Played for about an hour, went to sleep for about four hours, got up and started playing online again. Like we were that hooked. Now, in order to get my P my three sixty, I had a few, maybe a hundred, two hundred saved. I then had to trade in a large selection of my PS2 games and most of my PSP games to be able to afford my 360. I got my 360, which was a Call of Duty 3 bundle, and the store cop threw in a copy, a bundle copy of Gears of War that they'd had traded into them that they weren't really comfortable with reselling because it was a bundle copy. Uh, so they threw that in for like an extra 20 euro, and then I bought a copy of Pro Evo 6. So they were my first few games, and then my, my friend sold me his... A wrestling game for like 20 30 euro because he wasn't really that interesting and i wanted to kind of give it a try because i hadn't tried one in a while but early days i was just obsessed with gears of war largely it was actually around this time that i got into to clan gaming which really dominated my time with the 360 like i'd never really been massive on multiplayer like i liked tony hawks i liked mario kart i liked time splitters I liked what I liked, but I didn't like a lot of things. And largely, again, as I said, I wasn't the best of gamers. I was usually kind of mid-table or below in terms of my friend's hierarchy. So, and especially like my, my friend Madigan, he's he's particularly gifted at games. So I would lose to him a lot. That wasn't fun. Once you've lost to someone enough times in the game, it's not fun. So I wouldn't really be that interested in playing multiplayer games. But something with the 360 just just caught on with me. I mean, I'd I'd knew my again the same cousin. He's a he was a PC gamer. He was involved in clan gaming and like Dawn of War and stuff. So I'd kind of talked to him about that and and kind of it sounded cool. So when we got our 360s, like let's join a clan. And we ended up joining a clan which is called the the Wild Rovers. It was like an Irish clan. <laughs> Joined up with them. Yeah, I know cheesy name. Um, and then, but it was like, it wasn't really what I expected. They didn't really play clan matches. They'd played a few clan matches in the past, but they, they just kind of, they were more a community more than a clan. And, and that kind of, I wanted to play clan. Like we did, I set up a Gears, I actually organized the Gears of War tournament between the clan and, and that was a lot of fun. But I mean, it, it just wasn't kind of what I'd expected. So we ended up leaving there and went off and joined actually the, a clan that was called, um, xbox gamers live and its uh founder was a, a guy his tag name was potleg uk and he was actually from middlesbrough he's from your your neck of the woods Ooh. uh he he was the, the the founder there was a guy he was he would have been in college at the time whereas i said i was about 16 17 and um, and kind of from there and kind of spun off played in different clans over the years got, got quite competitive in gears of war uh rainbow six vegas i mean was on teams that were unbeaten in rainbow six vegas played on game battles on rainbow six vegas with a particular team we managed to kind of break top 10 in europe um another one was um with, with gears of war I remember gears of war 3 there was a a, a league site called wgl that had, was kind of the 
set up a, a league site, Radon Ladders, which is what Lacane Battles and that done. And their inaugural Gears of War 3 um, tournament, like league, did two leagues for, for two separate game modes. Like the team that I'd kind of recruited uh, to the clan I was in at the time and that I, I ran the team, we won both leagues without losing a match. Without even dropping a game, actually. I think we won every game 3-0. Like, we we absolutely blitzed it. Now, it, it all ended in tragedy when, I think, two games short of the end of the tournament, one of our best players got himself banned for posting an acceptance speech the day before we were due to play second on the league. Because <laughs> that's the kind of guy, this guy, his name was Swiss. Like, he was just... He was insane and he was a total egomaniac, but he was a good player. Like he could back it up. Like he was one of the best Gears of War players I've, I've ever came across. And like, even without him though, you know, I ended up, I think having to play in the last two games, I stepped in from like, I'd played like one or two of the games earlier on, but uh, I, I stepped in and we still won. I wasn't bad. I was, I was all right. But again, I was, I was kind of okay i was i was half decent based on putting a lot of hours in rather than being particularly naturally gifted um but i mean i did have kind of a, a talent for running things i remember like a, there was a guy i got to know through it he ended up going into esports management i don't know if he's still in it now but like one of the early call of duty four competitive teams in the uk he was their manager you know you could actually manage a gaming team it was crazy to think at the time like you know so i could be like the rafa benitez of, of video <laughs> games but like and he actually tried to convince me to get into because he's like you have like a talent for this you're so dedicated and that kind of thing but i, I never really kind of I suppose i wouldn't gamble on it making it a career but i did like a, a lot of times as i joke with friends even now it was like a career because i spent so many hours i've spent more times and clan related stuff than i did actual school work i mean i remember um like at one point i was involved in a site called world of clans and i was kind of like the the founder's right hand man at the time and myself and a, a couple others basically ran this thing called the big clan bash which is just like a weekend full of like tournaments and clan matches and you got points for kind of winning games and that and then the team that accrued the most points won so at the time i was probably putting the most into running the tournament and at the same time i was also co-managing the clan i was in at the time because the two clan leaders had gone awol so it's like i don't think i slept that weekend i was just on forums <laughs> and and the, the little bit of games i played like i entered the pez tournament and stuff it was insane like but it was just it was massive and funny enough though once i moved on to the modern era the ps4 i just no interest in the clan thing anymore it's just entirely gone i think it was just like lightning in a bottle it was just kind of a thing of the time it was just it was that that generation and now it's gone just no interest in it anymore which it's, just, it's funny how things work but that's the way it is but i had a lot of fun with that at the time like um but probably because of that i didn't get to play as many single player games as i would have in previous generations but i i, I did play the the biggest ones like i played bioshock you know, we, we've discussed that game a lot. We discussed it kind of in, in our favorite games. We've, it's come up other places. So I, I don't want to thread over the same ground, but amazing game. I remember I borrowed it off my friend, got entirely hooked on it. And because of Bioshock and how into Bioshock I was, I initially ignored Mass Effect. And it wasn't until I played Mass Effect 2 
which a friend loaned to me and love Mass Effect 2 that I went back and bought Mass Effect 1 and played through that and realized what a great game I'd ignored. Um, and like th- those games are just, they, they are like some of the, it's, it's not, it's not an exaggeration to say they're some of the best games ever made. I, I can't say anything more than that. Um, other things like The Darkness, which is a brilliant adaptation from kind of the, the comic books. Um, not sure. Did you ever play that one? No, it doesn't ring a bell either. <clears throat> uh, I think it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. Tanya, go into a CEX, you'll probably get a copy. I've seen it <laughs> at every CEX I've ever gone into. You'll probably get a copy of it for 50 pence. And just play it on your Xbox One. It's not a long game. You'll probably complete it in a couple of days. But it's quality. Darkness 2 isn't too bad either. Mm. But Darkness 1 is kind of a better story. And, and kind of seems more of a kind of a faithful tie into the comics. So I definitely would recommend that game. I mean, strange for me to be recommending an Xbox 360 title. But it's 50 pence. So, <laughs> you know, if you see it, get it. But um, yeah, kind of. So the, that was kind of the the 360 for me. The PS3, I was a very late adopter for the PS3. I basically got my PS3 to play The Last of Us. Mm. Just just couldn't resist. Just had to. Went out that May, picked up the PS3, pre-owned, picked up a copy of The Last of Us, brand new. Started The Last of Us, and strangely, I don't know what it was i don't know whether it was just i was in the lull towards gaming in general at the time but it didn't actually capture me straight away i i played it for a day or two put it down and then it was kind of later in the winter when i was kind of more back into games i picked it up again started it again and was absolutely hooked and i remember at the time i'd injured my eye so i basically Mm. only had one eye working like my my eye was just like <laughs> totally glazed over, so I just had like a patch over it. So I was, I was basically playing The Last of Us with one eye, like like a pirate or something, you know. But it was just that good. I just couldn't put it down, even though it wasn't the ideal way to play the game. <laughs> I just could not put that down. I've heard that um, of a couple of people who couldn't get into it straight away. Really? Yeah, it was just yeah. I. I think it was just a time because to be honest, from what I remember, I wasn't really playing many games at the time anyway. It was just, you know, you get into those lulls where you might yeah. not play a game for a few weeks. And I was trying to force myself out of it with Last of Us and it just didn't, didn't click. But once I, I gave it a proper chance, it just, there was no looking back. It was, it was amazing. Um, but that was kind of like PS3. I played a handful of other PS3 exclusives around the time, but that was, that was kind of the, the big one. And that was the reason I got it. Um, obviously, like anyone, I, I, the family had a Wii at the time, and you know, mess around on Wii Sports and stuff. But it was never a major kind of Wii. Like everyone had a Wii, but you know, barely played it. That's the standard for Wiis. The first two uh, weeks were class. After that, not so much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's. Uh, I think my 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 fondest memory of the Wii was the skiing game on Wii Fit. I mean, me and my brother had like a rivalry for the high score. It kind of sums up the we oh yeah we fit skiing but uh moving on kind of to the to the modern day i mean now obviously nowadays i have all three consoles but the ps4 was the, the first one i picked up didn't get it at launch didn't really see the need you know there was there was what like kill zone um Shadowfall, and i think shortly after like in infamous second song came up but nothing really was kind of like you need to get this console but the game that did was Destiny. I was never going to get Destiny on the 360 That would have been, or the PS3. That was going to be stupid. I did play the beta on the PS3, though, which was cool. But Destiny coming out 
same with my friend my like at first with matt we kind of just planned we were like right we're going to get ps3 we're going to pre-order the destiny bundle for the day destiny comes out both of us got it said to our other friend brian who would, would have played a lot of games with us kind of through the 360 era and that was like yeah we're getting ps3 4s getting this game destiny read up on it watch some youtube videos you've got to get it too so he did that and then he went out and picked up his ps4 uh, our friend um, Barry, who's a, a guy, funny enough, actually, you know, the, as I said, I spent a lot of time in clans, met a lot of people throughout the years, but never really stayed in contact with any of them except Barry. Like Barry, I met kind of in one of my earliest clans and we just kind of clicked, both loved Gears of War and I kind of dragged kind of when I had moved to new clans, I'd bring Barry along with me, kind of just stuck with us through the years and he kind of just integrated himself into our friend group. Like the rest of us all knew each other in real life, but didn't stop him kind of get, getting in on us. So when we, we got Destiny, he was part of the plan as well. I was just like, text him, like, get a PS4, get Destiny. He was like, cool, but I haven't got a PS4 and Destiny. And then the four of us all all started on on that. You know, we used to, to trade, do the raids and we picked up some, got to know some some cool guys from america there was this group of american friends that we kind of integrated with and became this this bigger group and there was a couple of european lads there was a guy from uh belgium there was a guy from i want to say sweden i think he was swedish that we picked up and we just there was an english lad as well from the lived in there we used to slag him that he, he lived in in the in the boonies because he, he lived in the the uh lake district <laughs> Uh, and he hated, like, he said, I hate cities. I'd never live in a city and I'd never, you know, I'd be like, yeah, but that internet connection, you know, just, just giving him abuse over, over the, the drawbacks of living in the countryside. Um, yeah. But like, it, you know, it was just destiny was just an experience. It was just like an event game. And although we weren't long-term destiny players, like we, we played it for, I think through the first couple of DLCs. Well, largely just the first DLC. I think even in the second DLC, we only played for a couple of weeks and then jumped off. But the time we played, we played religiously, and that was largely all we played was Destiny. Like we we'd buy other games and then just play them for like a day and then just back to Destiny. It was crazy, and you know, kind of going through then through then. Obviously, pick eventually picked up a Switch, picked up a, a an, an Xbox One would be my most recent pickup. Um, Obviously, over the hand, Pip picked up a Vita at some point. Can't even recall now. Um, but uh, I, so uh, I mean, I have most of the the more recent consoles, and I, I go back to older consoles from from time to time because uh, I I am like kind of a, a collector of games. I own probably about this stage, about I'd say I started collecting around the time I picked up my PS3, so I would have been about 2013. It's about six years now, and I now have over 800 physical games Ooh. never going to get around to playing them all but <laughs> i have um but yeah so but yeah no that, i think that kind of sums up me and, and and gaming really it's it's uh it was a lot a long one really but that's because i've had so much experience i mean you're talking as i said i was about three three and a half maybe when i started i'm 29 now so you're, you're talking 25 26 years really so it's a long time of gaming wonderful wonderful um, just before we finish then any other games from this current gen that jumps out at you apart from Destiny oh uh, The Witcher 
The Witcher the, 3 the is, right we, we've been there. We, we've talked about this so many times. So again, I won't, I won't thread too much, but The Witcher 3 is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it's, it's an immense game. Like it, it's just, I love RPGs and this, this is, this is the top tier of RPGs. Again, we've said it so many times that anyone who hasn't played this game, anyone before it gets to next gen and then suddenly you're shunning this gen and saying, I can't go back and play old games, play The Witcher 3. It'll only take you 150 hours, but it'll be 150 hours well spent. Absolutely. Um, Beyond that, just to fire off Spider-Man, we've talked about Mm -hmm. that extensively. Awesome. God of War, amazing. You know that yeah, I think I think they'd be probably my my favorite games from from this generation that I've got around to to playing so far. Yeah, yeah, and oh, do I dare make the promise that we're gonna do the Witcher Free review? We've talked about it. Should we promise yeah. it, Carl? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be. I mean, we're we're still in the lull, so I'd I'd be happy to to kind of. We never got, we never did one, so I'd be happy to to kind of do an an in depth re- review of of The Witcher Three. I mean, I think it's a game that deserves it. I mean, we we gave um we, we gave um God of War that treatment. We gave Red Red Dead that treatment. We gave Spider Man. Yeah. I can't remember though. I know I did one and then Stu did the other. Was it I did the preview and Stu did the review or was it vice versa? I think he did the preview because you were busy with something. I think I was sick at the time, yeah. Because yeah. I remember I remember Stu wishing me a get well soon, you know, very, very touching. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I must have done the review then, yeah. So mm. we reviewed that as well. So I think we it's, it's unfair. Out a, we haven't handed out a 10 yet. Should I go for our review? our ratings just to just to get a bit of a spice into it before we actually do Witcher whenever we do it. <clears throat> Spidey, yeah. eight eight each. God of War, nine each. RDR two. You gave it eight point five, I give nine point five. So at the moment, RDR two is my best we've reviewed so far and yours is God of War. Which is quite fitting, I suppose. But uh, yes we I imagine before this gen ends, there will be a few more games on there we can talk about. Yeah, so I mean, for for um, for Witcher, I mean, it just just has to be a ten. <laughs> There's just no other way around it. Yeah, de- it's a definite spoiler. We it it will be a ten, but um, in the in the next couple of weeks, we will try and get uh, the Witcher free. What should we call it? retro review? I think I've seen that banded about multiple gaming sites. We'll call it the retro over review, but we'll uh, we'll we'll try we'll try and get a few more done before the end of this gen. I mean, the Cyberpunk, maybe Watch Dogs and stuff like that, uh, even even Star Wars. Uh, but there'll be a few before the uh, end of this gen and the start of next gen. It'll be uh, hot with reviews, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of retro reviews, I, I was thinking kind of not so long ago. Obviously, you're 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 still plugging away at Final Fantasy VII. I am, I am. So when you when you finally complete that, it might be an idea to for us to to review that. I mean, uh, considering especially, I think it's it's kind of topical with the remake. Mm, that's a good point. Finally on the horizon, so I'd be interested to get your your take on that because it's obviously a game I've I've never reviewed it personally, but I've. I've spent I've, a lot of friends that are really into Final Fantasy, so I've, I've spent countless hours talking about that game. So I'd be interested, kind of, to get your your insight on on your thoughts and maybe give a few of my, my own. So that that might be an idea, kind of, as we're filling in the lull between between E3 and TGS. 
might be an idea to kind of to, to get a few reviews in there of kind of older games like like The Witcher and, and Final Fantasy. There you go, people. We've got two shows planned live on on mics. We will we will definitely do The Witcher first. I have to finish Final Fantasy VII. I have no idea how long this bloody game is, but. I must be near the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I am. I checked how long it is. I think I've got like another 20 hours to go. Where are you now, actually? Where am I now? I'm just got the fourth big materia from the water nuclear plant. I've just got the submarine. That's probably a better way to say it. And I've done a couple sub uh, mission side missions that required the submarine. So I've got like Vincent's um, fourth limit breaker and stuff like that so yeah i've just got the submarine that's probably where about i am that's fairly far in i'm trying to it's kind of i know it's not it's not exactly early um i had a look i think i'm like 30 hours in i think on it said like 40 to 50 is probably how long it'll take yeah you're, you're not bad at all um you know you're i mean even looking at a a kind of a walk through there you're 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 basically in the final quarter of the game cool so that won't, it won't so, take me that long maybe yeah it won't next be week too bad at all. next week witcher and depending news and final fantasy pre- progress we will we'll get two reviews done in our next two shows let's say that yeah i, th- I think that's a that's a fair 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 commitment um i mean have you been playing anything else other than final fantasy 7 um Oh god, suffering, suffering with my mate's choice of games at the minute. Uh, I think I talked about FIFA the other day. Still shit, <laughs> still a shit game. Um, gone back on COD Blackout recently. It's just what it is. I I just want to play Modern Warfare at this stage. <laughs> um, also the last couple of days I've gone back on PUBG. That game is bad. It's fucking bad. <laughs> so uh, for a game that was as big as it was when it first like was obviously such a juggernaut on pc it's it, the console version's shit <laughs> it looks like a playstation 2 game and the servers might as well be fucking game boy fucking server it, it's awful uh but yeah i suffering through that because people won't let people won't let me play single player games in peace <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I must actually jump on that, which isn't. I've never played PUBG. I have it on oh. downloaded on my Xbox and, and Game Pass, and I just haven't bothered playing it. So I must jump in just one one evening just just to try it and just be curious to see what it. all the the fuss was about. Yeah. Um, but it, you haven't kind of started up any any new single player games. You you you're a lot nice to see you're so committed to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's the thing. I'll normally because I, I don't I never get left alone to play my games. I always have to play these shit games. I always have one single player game on the background, so I think it'll be it'll be seven, and then hopefully finish nine before anything comes up. I think the next thing coming out is Borderlands, so that's kind of multiplayer. So I can kind of jump in and out with that, I suppose. Yeah, you got a couple more, a yeah. couple months to to go there though with that. So that's 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 plenty of time. You probably have to fit fit another game in between uh, Final Fantasy and when that comes out. So that's, that's not too bad. Um, I actually started a couple of new games in the last since we last kind of did the, the recorded the last pod. Um, I mean, I'm still plugging away in that Final Fantasy IX Platinum. One trophy left, which is the the Excalibur Two trophy, which <laughs> requires you basically to get a certain point to the game right at the end of the game, basically. 
um, in less than 12 hours. So I'm doing a speed run to do that, but it's a little boring because I've only recently played the game. So I'm kind of just, I'll jump on that for 20 minutes here or there, do 20 minutes and then come back to it another time. But I started two new games, started um, Detroit Become Human because that was the one of the free games um, mm. last month. And I said on the last show that yeah. I planned to play that. Any good? Um, I've always been Yeah, that, I'm enjoying it. I mean, visually, so, so impressive. Um, and I mean, the, the characters are interesting. I mean, there, there's quite a, like a, a notable cast. I, I can't think of names. I say that and then I can't think of names offhand, but there's, um, there's guy, um, you know, he often seems to be a bad guy. He often seems to play generals, bad generals in, in like TV shows and movies, but he's like a cop in this and there's, um, a guy who was in, I can't think of his name, but he was in um, Cabin in the Woods. He was also in Grey's Anatomy. I'd recognize him if random I things. You would, yeah. Um, his name is... Um, I'll get it now. But it, yeah, so, uh, but it's it's quite a notable, notable cast. Um, and there's... So I've been playing that. I mean, the story seems interesting. I mean, I've never been a massive fan of uh, Jesse Williams. That's his name, Jesse Williams. Yeah. So he's, he's one of the notable it. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, I've never been mad on kind of the gameplay of those of quanta quantix games you know like like uh heavy rain and uh indigo prophecy or, or fahrenheit depending on what region you're in um or well they, they were the two i'd played previously like the the whole quick time event type game i mean i'm mm. not great at quick time events so it can be a little annoying sometimes i fail things and be like no that's gonna mean that character's gonna die so i'm gonna have to start again uh, start like the chapter game, but so that does get a bit annoying. But I mean, you, you persevere because you like the story and you like the characters and you like what's going on. So I'm enjoying that so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of playing through it. it. It's supposedly not too long. The other game I started was actually um, I Am Setsuna, which is a, a JRPG. It's kind of a, a Chrono Trigger inspired JRPG from Tokyo RPG Factory. It was actually their debut game and probably their best game so far. Um, and I'm enjoying that. Like it's it's a it's a JRPG, but it's not like kind of a heavy full on like Final Fantasy would be. I mean, it's only about you can finish it in kind of thirty to forty hours, depending on how much grinding you do. It's it's very simplistic, but it's it, it's got a charm to it, and I do like kind of the the battle system, which they've they've kind of taken heavy inspiration from Chrono Trigger for. So I'm enjoying that. I think I'm close to finishing that now. I'm quite close to the end from what I gather. So. Um, I'll probably then start up something else new, but it, it's nice to kind of pick up two new games um, after kind of being largely focused on ridiculously long titles. Yeah, cool, cool. Not heard of them, <laughs> so I can't really add much. Add much. Um, but Carl, this has been a short show for us, which has not been short at all. It's been an hour and 24 minutes, uh, but we will finish up there. So thank you. And it's been great delving into your gaming history. As we said, we will do retro reviews soonish. I won't promise a time period as we normally fuck it up. Uh, but yes, we will do some retro reviews um, over the course of the, well, the remaining of the summer. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Carl. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.